What's good, Denver? What's up, everybody? What's Good Denver is a weekly celebration of culture and discovery and fun stuff to do in Denver for kids, couples, singles, and old-timers. I'm good old Ryan Estes. With Tom, you know you want a Red Rocks calendar Donahue. <laughs> the ostensible Olivia Lorienti. And the Junior Seau of podcasting, Troy Higgins. Troy's not here today, so we miss you, buddy. Today's feature is sushi in and around town. We'll go over all the best events in Denver this week and share highlights from last week. To follow the show, go to kitcaster.com forward slash Denver and subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. You can search What's Good Denver on all your favorite podcast players and we'll be there. Our sponsor today is Wildcast. Wildcast is a podcast advertising platform for the world's iconic technology brands. If you're in SaaS or B2B, your customers are sophisticated and hard to find. Wildcast makes it easy to connect to them on podcasts, particular business and or particularly business and technology podcasts where your favorite customers are already going to find tools and solutions for their business. Advertisers, go to GoWildcast.com for a free audience roadmap. That's Wildcast, or I'm sorry, that's GoWildcast.com. Once again, go Wildcast. God, blowing the ad read. GoWildcast.com today. Sorry about that, Wildcast. It's okay, I forgive you. Um, and of course, our music is by Troy Higgins. All right, we're going to jump into events. Olivia, you want to kick us off? I would love to kick us off. Uh, I'm going to hit it hard with some art and creative events today. I'm going to start off by talking about the People's Building in Aurora because two of the events that I picked this week are there. I'd never heard of this place before. You guys ever hang out on East Colfax at all? Not in some time. Mm. There, it, I feel like there's so much good stuff over there. Like there's a great uh, French Vietnamese bakery, lots of different creative venues for the Aurora community. This place uh, is called the People's Building Aurora. It was purchased by the City of Aurora's Office of Urban Renewal and Redevelopment, put about $2 million into restoring it and making it a quality community space, gallery and event space. Um they do cultural events, workshops, meetings, independent artists, so on and so on. So this is a really cool place for the community of Aurora. And here in the next couple of weeks, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up. The first thing I want to highlight is the gallery opening uh, called From Prison Walls to Gallery Halls. This is October 6th, 5th, uh, 5 to 7. And this is put on by the Prison Art Experience. So all of the art shown has been done by people who are either currently or formerly were incarcerated. And this organization was started by a human who I could find no information about, who was previously incarcerated and really um, inspired to create this because reconnecting with, you know, their creativity helped them get through their time in incarceration. It helped them heal. It helped change their perspectives. And so they wanted to create this for others and create a lot of transparency and change, you know, also create opportunities for the public's view of people who are incarcerated to change. So excited about this. It's coming up this weekend. Cool. Sweet. The next thing is going to be October 6th through 21st. There is a play that's going on at the People's Building. And this is kind of like the female leader 
perspective on the revolution. So the revolution, French revolution is kind of a sausage fest, at least in terms of, <laughs> at least in kind of like this podcast does sometimes. Um, so I'm, we're doing it for the ladies. We're talking about the female leaders of the French revolution. Um, check that out going on the 6th to the 21st. So were the revolutionists the ones with the guillotines? Yeah. 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 And well, all the sides, mm. I feel like, the thing about the, what I know about the revolution is it was like every five seconds, new people would kind of rise to the top and be like, we're the leaders. And then time to kill everybody. Yeah. Then people were like, <laughs> so you're the problem. And so just like waves of people just getting murdered. Yeah. yeah they had guillotines. Mm. Yeah. The, the enlightenment had its, it, it had a rough patch. <laughs> it was a rough <laughs> patch. <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, but we, we love it. Um, Ranch Wena is definitely my favorite person with a PR problem. Um, <laughs> my last event is really a national event. It's Band Book Week. And so all week long, we're celebrating the right to read. So I'm going to link a Westward article from this year with like the top 10 Denver indie bookstores. Ooh. So go buy some books. And then I'm also going to mm. link to the Denver Public Library page so you can check out all the branches. Um, there are so many libraries in Denver. So Check it out. I'm also going to link the American Library Association's Banned Books Week page. This has tons of censorship data. This has a really interesting map that shows you the number of book challenges per state. Um, and it also has data like in 2020, only 223 books were challenged, but in 2022, 2,571 were challenged, which is an over 1,000% increase. In Florida, 721 million books were challenged. Fabulous. <laughs> what? Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool website though. I went down the rabbit hole last night. It's really interesting just to check out and see like you know, the top books that were challenged every year. Cause I think it's a reflection of kind of like societally what we're facing backlash in. So it's just interesting. And it's honestly, coincidentally, killer book list. Incredible. Yeah. Only yeah. good books get banned. Absolutely. I know. Inadvertently, yeah, these well. people don't understand that they don't understand marketing at all. Cause every kid's going to be like, wait, 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 what are the banned books? Yeah. That's yeah. the one I where, want. Where yeah. are they banning them from? It's like, or are you not even able to order it online in a certain place? Like so there are different, what a great question, Tom. There are different levels of banning. So um, I think, you know, the Karens or whoever that are wanting these to be banned ideally would love for them to not be available on Amazon. But because, mm -hmm. you know, we're broken down by state and then within that we have like municipal governments, there's like a level of banning where it's just like not available in public libraries or a public library, or a, a school library, a school district. So there are like many levels mm. of banning books. I also thought like, I don't know, growing up in Colorado, I always for some reason thought we were not having this issue. So it was good to look at that map and, you know, be informed that there were book challenges. I'm going to wrap this up. I don't want to drag it on forever. Check out these resources by talking about four of my favorite banned books really quickly, and then one banned book that I want to read because it was the number one challenged book for the last couple of years. So in order of uh, the way I feel about them, number one, Slaughterhouse-Five, Kurt Vonnegut. Classic. Classic. I have it tattooed on my arm. We're, we love Vonnegut. He's a cheeky, cheeky philosophical man. I love Vonnegut. Yeah. And uh, number two, The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. Um 
frequently banned semi-autobiographical account of a young female writer and it's powerful feminist novel. Teenage Olivia learned a lot. Number three, uh, Mouse is the only graphic novel to have won a Pulitzer. So I think that should grab some attention. It's Art Spiegelman's account um, kind of relaying his father's experience in the Holocaust. And it there are three parts, absolutely beautiful, harrowing, and again, graphic novel with a Pulitzer. Um, the Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison is number four. That's, you know, takes place in Ohio post-depression through the eyes of a young girl and talks about the effects of internalized racism. Shout out Toni Morrison. Love her. Yeah. And then number five, closing it down. Thanks for listening to my very long list. Uh, is a book called Gender Queer, which is also a graphic novel. This is by an individual named Maya Kobabe. This is about their experience of realizing that they're gender queer. And this was the number one challenged book last year, um, the number one banned <laughs> book last year. So shout out mm. Maya Kobabe. Go buy a copy. Go buy a copy. I was looking up the most challenged books in the 90s, and the number 15th was the Goosebumps series. Oh, so Goosebumps. It was a different era. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> No, that's awesome. You know, I, I remember banned books when I was a kid. There was the, the one that everybody wanted was the anarchist cookbook. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was like the anarchist cookbook. Could you get this? And it was like you could make napalm if you wanted to wow. with styrofoam. Everybody tried it. So, you know, I don't, I'm kind of I'm kind of sad not to see that on any of these lists. I would say, yeah, I mean, none of the books challenged this year were causing anybody physical danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very tame in comparison. Yeah. Plus, I also kind of uh, now in retrospect, I find that like the, the, the title is a little bit offensive. I mean, you can't just necessarily equate anarchism with violence, but that book sure did. Bad PR. A bad PR. It's yeah, come on. The first thing I thought, funny enough, like the only anarchists I've ever hung out with were all like uh, straight edge vegans. Right. So I'm like, was it just like a really nice tofurkey recipe? Like what's in there? Well, and the, the basis of, of anarchism is pretty nice. It's like, hey, everybody just has it's in their best interest to get along. So we don't necessarily need rules to get along. For example, it people don't stay in in the line or in their lane in traffic because of the law. It's because, dude, I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. So, you know, there's pacifism under underpinning anarchism. You know, it's not nihilism. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's the unfortunate thing about any movement or belief system, right? Is like you just can't control who the loudest dude is. Yeah, exactly. The loudest dude wanted napalm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is fun science for a middle school kid, you know what I mean? <laughs> Tom, what you got on tap? All right. I got um, a couple events here. A lot of them are pretty spooky. Um, the first thing I wanted to bring up is the haunted field of screens. Ooh. Do you know about that? No. Um, also, maze in the city. So it's like a daytime place and a nighttime place. It's this farm up in Thornton. The only reason I know about it is because I used to live right by it. Um, but that place, I mean... They have to make more money doing this than farming for the whole year. Like, so the maze in the city is like the daytime, like bring your kids to the pumpkin patch and do the corn maze and uh, take pictures in the leaves and the petting zoo. That's, that's maze in the city. And then at night, it turns into the haunted field of screams. Oh, yeah, it does. They're farming something different. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. They're farming screams at that part of it. But um, it's actually like 
So it's different. Like the, the corn maze is a small little one for the kids out in front for maze in the city. And they have all those daytime activities. And also it's a really beautiful place. But then the haunted field of screams is this huge corn maze in the back where like, not only are you like going through a corn maze, but it like opens up into these different areas where like all of a sudden you're like on a broken down bus and you got to like climb through and stuff. And like, there's people trying to scare you all over the place. Cool. It, it's really cool. Um, they're open like every weekend in October. So you can check it out. Also, if you got little kitties, it's something for the younger kids who want to go pick some pumpkins, paint some pumpkins, do some petting zoo activities. That's during the day. But once the sun goes down, they don't want to be there anymore. So Screams come out. Get your kids yeah, out of there. Get out of there quick. Um, so yeah, check that out. And then the um, next thing I want to talk about is this million dollar murder dinner party, mystery dinner party at the Brown Palace. Ooh. So anyone who doesn't know about the Brown Palace, it's the, I thought it was the oldest, but actually it's the second oldest hotel. It's built only one year later than the Oxford Hotel um, in Denver. But it's this super old hotel built in 1892. It's really nice in there. If you ever want to go like a little date or something, they do tea time. You could do that. You book that anytime. It's super good. You get really good tea. There's always a guy like playing piano or like some jazz going on in there. And you get tea and little treats and and trinkets and crimpets, whatever you want to, whatever people eat with tea, little tiny finger sandwiches and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but that's that was really fun. Um, but anyway, this weekend, and then they also have other dates throughout um, October as well, but it's a it's a murder mystery dinner party in the Brown Palace. And they this is like one of the first atrium style hotels ever built. Hmm. Um, so like it's this huge atrium in the middle of the hotel where they do these kinds of things. Um, so you go in there. It says you're cordially cordially invited to an exclusive dinner party at Mr. Means Mansion along with Mrs. Off-White, Colonel Dippin' Sauce and Miss Finch. <laughs> when a murder suddenly takes place, you must help decipher motive and solve the crime before time runs out. Just remember, it's not always Colonel Dippin' Sauce in the library with the candlestick. Dude, if Mrs. Off-White uh, is, is guilty of the murder, that's racist. <laughs> I could say. This is really dangerous territory. They should have steered clear. This is off white. Yeah, they should not. What are they have, saying there? They should, they should have called not have Miss, brought it into there. Miss Blue or something. Yeah, come on. So we I'm, all had clue what's going on. I'm wondering oh. the um I'm sure that the actual characters are are probably gonna be actors in this type of situation and they're gonna be people you can interview and stuff like that. Other dinner parties I've been to where you like you get your own role and like you might actually be the murderer and your mm. all that kind of stuff. But um, they they're saying dress up as your favorite clue character if you want to do that. But um, you'll you'll play with your table and you'll win a prize if you if you win. So you can decipher that mystery. The shows start at uh, seven p.m. Cocktails available for purchase starting at six thirty. But there's a bunch of different dates uh, throughout the month. So if you like uh, murder mystery dinner parties, also the menu looks awesome. Like the Brown Palace Hotel is 
known for really it's it's a nice place so you're going to be getting a really good dinner as well tickets are 165 bucks so i'm sure it's going to be over the top yeah Yeah. it's yeah i mean if you look at the menu it's it's looking really fancy but honestly you know for a dinner like this that i'm seeing on the menu like you get it's a three-course dinner 165 bucks you know for this quality of food like it's probably a pretty decent deal if you're also trying to get a murder mystery for uh for an entree as well um so check that out thursday is grizz fest so every single um look and dance music lover will be listening to grizz at one of three venues levitt pavilion is the start that's a free show and then all this is sold out by the way i'm just mentioning it because i love grizz and he's going on a little hiatus um he's he's a denver staple for dance music lovers he lives here right up in uh, the Denver area. So everybody here loves him, but he's taking a little break uh, to do some some real life stuff. And, and if you guys think about this, this is what he said when he announced it. But like he's been doing this for like 15 plus years since he's like 19. And he's like in his 30s now. He's like, I haven't had a chance to live like a, a normal life. Um, Re- rebalance that serotonin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I respect it. Yeah. And, uh, do what you got to do, Grizz. Um, but yeah, Thursday, he's got the free show at Love It Pavilion. Then he's going over to the Fillmore. Yes, the Fillmore is second. And then Mission Ballroom is third. So all in one day, he's hitting all those places. Everyone's going to be running around town uh, trying to get Grizzed. And then... Oh, Speaking no, of hitting Grizz, did we already talk about this? Didn't you like almost hit him with your car or something? <laughs> That's like the most Denver thing ever. <laughs> well... At our old office, which was in the area that I'm pretty sure Grizz lives by. I don't want to mention any areas, but um, <laughs> yes, it was close to his area. And I was driving to the office and Grizz was coming across the crosswalk and I didn't see him at first. Obviously, I was stopping. It was a stop sign. Mm-hmm. But um, I might have gotten a little close to the crosswalk, which is my fault anyway. But Grizz was there walking his dog. And uh, before I even process that it was him he had already looked away but I, w- I was really nervous that i was almost going to run over grizz and and his uh nice little dog so i'm really happy that i didn't a lot of people would be very upset with me we, w- we wouldn't have grizz fest right i would yeah i would be upset with myself so um, enjoy it even more knowing that tom almost <laughs> took it away <laughs> I could, yeah i could have taken it away uh grizz i'm sorry that i got close to the crosswalk that day sorry <laughs> to you and frankie so um yeah, that's that. And then Red Rocks this week on Wednesday, um, Bert Kreischer. So we got a little bit of comedy going down. Comedy going down. There's a bunch of uh, different people there opening up. I went to a comedy show at Red Rocks and it was awesome with you, Ryan. Yeah, Bill Burr. Yeah, that was great. It was awesome, man. It was so fun. I It actually feels way more packed at Red Rocks when everyone's sitting down because like, you don't realize how many because people go one or two rows deep when they're standing with their friends but like god red rocks is packed for a comedy show like to sit down it was so many people in there but um either way it was super fun and a super unique place to watch a comedy show thursday friday goose saturday snow shape again get your uh winter workouts in saturday coney cody jinx clutch and the tennessee jet um Sunday, Run the Rocks, which another workout thing. That's at 9 a.m. 
And then Sunday night, Carl Cox, which legendary uh, DJ producer. So pretty cool weekend going on at uh, Red Rocks. Little bonus. I always like to pick a bonus from the next week. Uh, Thundercat on Tuesday with the In Yo Girls City Tour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's going to be killer. Thundercat is dope. He's so, so dope. Check that out. Um, and I think that's all I got for events, Ryan. Yeah, I got you. Give us some. You bet. Also, uh, fun um, fun fact about the the Brown Palace where um, where Tom almost hit Grizz with his car. Uh, that office was actually had an underground t- tunnel that connected to the Brown Palace and to the right. <laughs> yeah and to the Capitol, mm-hmm. and it was all bricked off downstairs. But man, the temptation was really to open that up and go down there. Yes, that that building was connected to some some Denver history. Yeah, underground tunnel system, Union Station, Brown Palace. You know, you need to have some, some smuggling routes back then. Yeah, eighteen hundreds. Yeah, the the rumors of that underground tunnel network are true. We we confirmed it with our own eyeballs. I heard that there, like, when I first started and we were still at that office, somebody gave me the tour and was just kind of generally like, these are militia tunnels that lead to special places. (laughs) But they didn't tell me that it's, like, all the Denver landmarks. Yeah. Like, Union Station, Brown Palace. Like, yeah, those are some big deal tunnels. I know. And it's big, too. It's probably, what, 10 feet in diameter, the tunnels? At least the entry point. There's a whole big doorway to it, so I can imagine that it's a large tunnel. And if they're going to be smuggling, you know, artillery and other various things, I can imagine it's a pretty wide tunnel down there. Yeah, it was definitely spooky and ghosty down there. Shout out to that place. All right, I got a bunch of stuff. I'm going to start with kids. If you got kids, perk up your ears. We have the ninth Annual Harvest Festival at Bar Lake. Between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., it's a great fall day of midway games to win prizes, hay rack rides, kids crafts, face paintings, the whole thing. It is free, but it does require a park pass. That is, is that Saturday? I think it's Saturday. Saturday at 10 a.m. at Bar Lake. Um, also, Denver Walls is closing today. Um, and that, that's been going on all week, which is where all these amazing street artists and graffiti artists are, are basically throwing up all over Rhino. Um, throw up is a, a term for artwork. I, they might be also <laughs> throwing up. I'm not sure. Throwing um, it up. <laughs> this used to be called uh, Colorado Crush. I think they might have sold that franchise. And now it's Denver Walls. Um, so uh, the, I'm mentioning it this week because everything's done. So go take a look at the, the new skin of artwork in Rhino, mm. um, this week, if you have a chance, um, butterfly pavilion spiders around the world. There's 20 different tarantula species from across the globe, like the Colombian pumpkin or the sapphire ornamental tarantula. That is at the Butterfly Pavilion, and that is um, on Sunday. And then wrapping up stuff for kids, we have Jazz in the Park at Sunny Lawson Park, which is over on 21st and Welton, which is Friday, 530 to 10. Definitely check that out with the kids as well. Sports-wise, the Colorado Buffs women's volleyball is taking on the Oregon State Beavers up at uh, CU Event Center in Boulder. That's on Sunday, October 8th at 12 p.m. I'm sure that's going to be an awesome matchup. And then as far as nightlife goes, I'm trying to like bring in a little bit of spookiness as well, because we are in the spooky season and possibly the spookiest of all mm-hmm. is Cannibal mm-hmm. Corpse, which is playing at the Mission Ballroom at fr- on Friday. Um, I love those guys. They, they really kind of ushered in an entire genre 
of music and of merch. If you got an OG Cannibal Corpse t-shirt you're willing to part with, please send it my way. These days, probably an extra large. I'm just going to say that. Are vegetarians mm. welcome? Absolutely. Okay, not just cannibals? If it is... Cannibalism probably doesn't qualify for vegetarianism. Oh. Well, that's why I was like, are we excluded or like, what about now, omnivorous corpses? I, I guarantee mm. you there's going to be a strong vegan or vegan contingent, vegan. At, <laughs> vegan contingent at cannibal corpse for sure. You'd be, a, you'd be in good hands. Um, also uh, on uh, the sixth Friday at the Fox theater in Boulder is moon hooch. You guys know about moon hooch? Yeah. Drums and baritone sax. I think they started in the subways in New York City. Oh, yeah. Um, really obnoxious and fun music. It's what I like to put in in the, the car when my daughter and her friends are in the car. Um, not that I'm trying to be intent, or intentionally uh, annoying or embarrassing because that's not a cool thing to do for a parent. However, I want to see, I want to test the boundaries. These gals have impeccable music tastes. I'm like, maybe they're ready for moon hooch. And I think more than anything, they just like the name. So definitely check them out. I want to give a shout out to Mike Marr. He's uh, playing at Appaloosa on Saturday night. He was a guy I sat next to in college. Um, was a great guitar player back then. But boy, is he good now, man. If you like blues, you know, dude, he can he can play. And and also shout out to Mac, Mike because I was the guy in, in school. This is before laptops, believe it or not, that I always needed a paper and a pen and like probably to look at a couple of answers. Mike was always happy to oblige. Shout out to you, man, all these years later. Um, what I'm really excited for, what I actually think I'm getting off the couch to go to, probably going to bring my kids, is the Hallucination um, at the Fox Theater on Sunday night. Um, Hallucination used to be called A Tribe Called Red, and they have possibly the most hype song that's ever been uh, laid to track. Hmm. It's called Electric Pow Wow. And it goes hard. If you need to get fired up, which sometimes you do, my kids playing football before the game, we got to put this song on every single time because this song will fire you up. They're most known for like remixing powwow songs. Um, uh, they're Lakota guys, I believe, from Canada, uh, but they switched the name to Hallucination. They they did a they did collabs with Yasin Bey, and they're a DJ set. They're amazing. Um, if you have the chance, go see these guys. I'm telling you, it'd be a good time. And then closing it out, we've got the Burton Bar, which is a Halloween pop-up at the Denver Pavilion up on the third level, which is essentially, if you love Tim Burton, they're doing a Halloween Tim Burton, and I'm sure Nightmare Before Christmas, mm. therefore, um, inspired pop-up bar. So you got cocktails, spooktacular quests, you got haunting decor, you got everything you could possibly want from Tim Burton um, at the Denver Pavilion this weekend. And I believe it's, it's going through every single weekend in October. And that's what I got going on this week. Um, <laughs> let's move straight into our feature. This week, we're featuring our favorite sushi spots in Denver. And we're very fortunate that the Denver area and surrounding area has great sushi and, and great family-owned businesses. And that's going to be my feature uh, as we get going. So, um, I've actually toured, I would say, probably more than a dozen, maybe even more than that, sushi spots. There was a time when my daughter, I had pickup duties for her, and, and um, my wife was taking my son to diving practice. So basically, I was responsible for dinners, and we had a couple of hours every night. So she, at the time, was, was studying to get into the, the Denver School of the Arts. So she was doing a lot of sketchbooking. 
So I was like, hey, and she loves sushi. So I was like, you know what? Let's tour every single sushi place we possibly can and just see which is which is the best. And while we're there, we'll do some sketching. So we went to a whole bunch of sushi spots during that that fall, <laughs> which was so cool. And we'd ask the, the sushi chefs to like make us sculptures out of rice so that we could sketch them in the sketchbook. That's mm. awesome. And so many places obliged and would do like these cool like snowman. I remember there was one that was like a pagoda. They would do all this cool stuff with the with the sushi so that we could sketch it. So they were really cool. The, nice. the one and actually the <laughs> the place that I'm settling on is kind of like a neighborhood spot by me, which is Sushi High in the Highlands. Um, which is just consistently awesome every single time. They got a great sushi bar upstairs, but then downstairs has a really romantic vibe. It's always very elegant and beautiful. It has um, just delicious uh, uh, sushi. I know they do comedy nights. They're very um, cutting edge as far as like what, what restaurants are doing, but their sushi is pretty traditional, which also I like. I don't want too much sauces on my sushi. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I want it, I want it to be like, I want it to be kind of old school, and that's how they do it there. Um, I also want to give honorable mention. I asked my wife, Heidi, what she recommends, and she said Zomo Eats, which is in Inglewood. Shout out to them. That's a, a, a family spot that has three generations uh, of a family contributing. She said she went in there and it absolutely blew her mind. Um, so those are my two spots. Tom, what you got on tap for sushi? That stuff all looks really good. Um, let me go to the list here. So I, I'm taking the um, all-you-can-eat approach because I feel like people need to have options here as well. Obviously, you know, there's a difference in quality between the all-you-can-eat spots and the real artisan fine sushi places. So keep that in mind. Um, but the places that I'm giving you for all-you-can-eat, they're good. Like they're, It's what you want, um, especially if you're going to be leaving there. Uh, regretting the decision that you made. So um, first one, which is right now the favorite all-you-can-eat spot um, of the boys, of the crew, um, it, that is going to be Sushi Totoro. This is over in Aurora. And it's a good deal. I think the all-you-can-eat is like 30, like 32 bucks or something like that. Um, and that's for dinner. And usually the dinner price is a little bit more sometimes. But anyway, it's good prices and quality stuff and you can get so many different things and they will not stop bringing you whatever you want so sushi totoro you can get all your kitchen items you can get all your sushi rolls however much you want um go get it there and it's quality stuff um not bad and then the second favorite of the squad when not everyone can make it over to sushi totoro which is a little deeper into aurora this one is also in aurora it's sushi katsu um classic all you can eat um you know the squad used to go here every time until we found sushi totoro also we used to go to um chubby cattle sushi for all you can eat that was that was the best just so you guys know but um unfortunately they changed their model so that you can still do all you can eat stuff there but it's not as good you don't get the you don't get the kitchen items that place is fun though because they got the uh the conveyor belt oh, going right. around that, but they've uh, chubby cattle has transitioned to a more hot pot model now. So mm. we don't we're when we're trying to do all you can eat, we're really looking for sushi rolls. The boys like sashimi, all that stuff, and I'm I'm big on the kitchen stuff. So we're not uh, unless we want hot pot, we're not going to go to chubby cattle. But chubby cattle, shouts out to you because you're. St- 
stuff is really good. Your spicy miso ramen is fire. And speaking of ramen, I got a little ramen bonus because this place is my favorite ramen maybe I've ever had. There's only one other place I can think of in the world that uh, competes with this place. And um, they also have sushi there too. So I'm mentioning them. It's Tatsu Izakaya. So you can get um, all of your Japanese uh, izakaya type type dishes there. Sushi, um, ramen is their specialty, but that's over down by DU on University area. Um, And it is fire. Their spicy tonkatsu ramen is insane. All right, so you're out with your boys. Let's say it's a table of four. You're there for all-you-can-eat sushi. Tom, what's the opening volley? How many rolls are you opening with? Um, so here's the thing. You you got your, like, your nigiris and your sashimis, whatever, and then you got your rolls. Last time, our first round was, like, I think 60 of, like, the nigiris <laughs> and the sashimis. <laughs> That's just that's the first round, just for those for four, four people. Um, how many did we have? We had one, two. There might have been six of us this time. Okay, okay. So it's like ten each to start. Okay. For those plus probably about six or seven rolls. Um, and then you got all the kitchen stuff. So we're talking like gyozas, tempura, yeah, tempuras, rice bowls, the katsu's and stuff, and then. That is usually gone within minutes, um, that entire order. And then last time we went, the second round, I think, was like 80 of the uh, nigiris and, and sashimis. <laughs> nice. And plus another like six to ten rolls. So Oh, that sounds so fun. It's really – it's fun. But um, you do – but the thing about all-you-can-eat sushi is like you regret it for a second after. But like by the time you're going to bed, you're like, oh, I don't feel that bad anymore. You a little know? green tea, you're straight. Yeah. yeah. It's not the it's not the worst thing to stuff yourself with. No, not at all. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Um, okay, so who we got? Olivia, you got to talk about your sushi. Yup. Um, today I went the way of phoning a friend. Uh, I have come and gone from the Denver area a lot, and so I'm not as tapped into certain scenes as I'd like to be. I do love sushi, but I haven't had sushi that I love in Denver yet. And I think especially with sushi, you don't want to send people to a place that you're not sure about. Good like, call. I'm not going to make, mm-hmm. I'm not giving anybody food poisoning. Um, so I found a friend. I called Katie White, who is, you know, a resource for all good cultural things. She likes good music, good art, good food. And I was just like, hey, man, what are your three favorite places? So number one, she shouted out Uchi and Rhino. I have looked at this place. It's sharp. It's expensive. It's so good. But yeah, she Whoa. named it as a, a spendy quote treat place. <laughs> so if you're, you've got a hot date or you're celebrating something, Uchi, um, and they have a slick aesthetic too with like that greenhouse thing on top yeah vertical vertical greenhouse and they they like farm their own stuff there too right yeah uchi's a good spot it's Uh, good the second one is kind of a mid-range old faithful it's in wash park it's called taki sushi she called this one kind of the place that she would probably order takeout from um so old faithful and then the third one is called kiki's japanese casual dining University Hills, Colorado Boulevard. And this is her favorite one. Whoa. Um, and well, favorite, favorite in terms of quality is probably Uchi, but it's a treat spot. But this is like the place she's going to want to go on a weeknight. 
Um, they don't just have sushi. It's like mostly a ramen spot actually, but they have great sushi, Japanese cuisine all around. It's on University Hills or in University Hills on Colorado Boulevard. And it's um, really just like a local family-owned spot. It has Japanese casual dining in the title, if that tells you anything mm. about it. Kiki's Japanese casual dining. Um, so I think that's actually probably the place that I will be running over to check out first. But thanks, Katie White, for doing my job for me on this one. Yeah, we got do it better than I. We got to have Katie on here just as a feature because yeah. she she is the go-to for everything local. If it's beer, wine restaurants, concerts, everything. Yeah. She's always got the clutch spots. No doubt. Also, you got a shout out for the for the fine sushi lovers. Sushi Den is supposed to I actually haven't been there, but Sushi Den is apparently top notch. It's down on a Pearl Street. She had initially listed that one instead of Taki Sushi as like a classic um, but then she replaced it. She swapped it in at the last minute. But I've oh, heard good man. things about that place. Sushi Den's awesome. It's almost like given. It's like Uchi and Sushi Den are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know about those ones. Yeah. What about, I'm really curious about the one everybody is obsessed with, which is Matsuhisa. Have you guys been there? No. That mm-hmm. um, is more of like a Cherry Creek vibe. It's very, I mean, obnoxious to a degree, but it's by the same chef who did Nobu. So... Oh. That kind of turned me off to it just because <laughs> it does have that kind of like cult following. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you have to get a reservation at Nobu. Right. But it's there. It's high quality. It looks stunning. I think yeah. it's just a matter of like how much you want to throw down on an experience. Yeah. I'll, the- I'll be honest. I went to Nobu in L.A. Mm-hmm. and it was not that good. Yeah. We... <laughs> For the amount that you spend, you should be getting like way more. Um, I'd rather, you know, hit up hit up Totoro with the boys and and spend thirty bills and eat until I'm dead. Yeah. yeah. At Nobu, you're spending like three hundred bills and you're still really hungry. Like yeah, yeah. That's go ahead. There is a utility to to just like feasting sometimes. That that uh, hearing you talk about that, I I want to put down sixty in Gary's. I want to do that. I, w- I can put away some yeah. some yeah, sashimi. If you want to come yeah. to all you can eat next time with the squad, like we're we're always looking for new members that can that can pull their weight. Because I mean, if you the way those places work is, you know, if you leave food behind, you got to pay extra. Yeah, you could end up getting charged. Yeah, oh, they they want you to order what you're going to actually eat so that you're not wasteful. Um, and really sometimes on that second order, it does get a little bit tough because you got to start putting stuff down, but you know, people got to eat their fair share. You got to loosen your belt and give it a little massage. Yeah, exactly. I've never done all you can eat before, but that's news to me. And I really like that idea that like, Hey, you're going to do this thing, but don't come up in here and throw away a bunch of sushi. No, you're going to eat it. You can't, but really quick. There's, um, I think this is the same owner as uh, Sushi Dinner or from the same people, but actually it definitely is. Well, I'm not going to say definitely, but I'm like 99% sure. Um, Land of Sushi is down in Centennial. You can get just as high quality stuff. Um, You know, it's super, this is like a high quality place at like a really good bargain. Um, I've been there. McKenna is really big on sushi, so she knows about this and I'm, Almost certain that it's the same people as Sushi Den, um, but it's a little bit of a trip uh, south of the city, but not far at all. But it's extremely good. 
Nice land of sushi. Yes. All right, we're buttoning up a little bit on time here, so let's go over yeah, yeah. our uh, our feature from last week real quick, and then we'll wrap this baby up. I want to give a shout out to um, one of my favorite spots in the metro area. There's three of them. It's Play It Again Sports. Play It Again Sports is the spot to trade out your old equipment. They they pay top dollar. So I, I traded my son's old snowboard boots and uh, old marmot jacket and got like a hundred bucks. It was mm-hmm. amazing. So I, I love that place. I'll go in there and if like uh, if I need a new kettlebell or I need something like some like uh, training equipment, you can get everything in there so cheap and they pay top dollar too. So, you know, as we're getting ready for, for the ski season, ski season's upon us and they are already bustling. So you want to sell it, go to sell it and play it again. You're looking for good quality use stuff. They thoroughly inspect everything and you can trust their used sporting equipment. Play it against sports is the juice. Olivia, what do you got? I am shouting out a rash international market on South Parker Boulevard in Aurora. Um, I have been to a few different markets looking for Middle Eastern ingredients, um, and I haven't really found the spot until this weekend. I went here. They have like a deli section. They have an olive olive bar. They have a huge selection of fresh break, baked breads. You have like all the season seasonings you could want. I got some fenugreek leaves, um, big old tubs of dates, you name it. This place is dope, um, and it's pretty big. You really get a wide variety of stuff there. It's the best selection of Middle Eastern ingredients that I have found in Denver so far. So shout out Arash International Market. Ooh, and they sell the hummus from Shish Kebab Grill, which is like hands down the best Middle Eastern food in Denver, according to many people, not just me. Um, they have really good cloudy hummus, and they sell it at Arash. Nice. What about mm-hmm. you, Tom? Um, I'm shouting out Scottsdale, Phoenix, Tempe, Arizona area, greater Phoenix uh, metro area, because you can go from here for like a $40 round trip. If you just book it right, Um, your Uber to the airport will be more expensive than the flight. Just call your grandma, get her to drive you and the homies over there and go have a weekend down there if you have not. 40 bucks. Yeah. No, literally, like if you go on Google flights or whatever, like one ways or like 20 bucks sometimes, you just got to look. It's so cheap. So like it'll be 40 bucks and then you'll get the fees. You'll probably end up paying like 60, 80 bucks for your round trip ticket. If you bring a backpack and no bags, I'm sure it's going to be like a spirit or a frontier or something like that. But anyway, it's super cheap. You can get down there and have a really good time. I can't promise that you're not going to spend a lot of money there. Um, Scottsdale is kind of a more higher end place, but you can all Phoenix, Tempe, all those areas around there, you can get away with, and even in Scottsdale, you can get away with, you know, a a cheap weekend, uh, from a trip from Denver. And if you haven't been down there to see the desert and, uh, what's going on, there's a reason why it's such a popular place. So definitely check it out. Nice. I just checked to see if there's a, uh, Scottsdale hi-fi, uh, bar and there is. It's Scottsdale Hi-Fi. Uh, whatever that is, is different. <laughs> kitchen and cocktails. But yeah, this is not the energy we're looking for. No, I, <laughs> what are you looking I at? I can see Ryan's screen right now. And let me tell you, it is a little, it's not the same as the hi-fi listening we've been listening to here. No, it doesn't have the cozy environments. It's more like uh, big bottles of champagne, girls in lingerie, and uh, pyrotechnics. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, you're looking at, um, okay, so yeah. There's a big, kitchen and cocktail. That's a big clubbing scene there. Yeah. And you are definitely host a oh, walk a flock is gonna be, I was here uh this weekend. <laughs> oh <actually>. nice. 
<laughs> yeah, I saw the ads for the Waka Flocka coming up. Um, yeah, no, that's a that's kind of an area of Scottsdale where it's just straight up clubs. Like, yeah, you can be standing in one place. They shut down the streets, and you got like fifty clubs around you. But yeah, that's that is not a, a hi fi listening location. Just got a no. peek into Tom's weekend. Yeah, you're getting blasted by music there. And Looks we fun. Did, we just walked in. <laughs> Looks it's, like a great time. It's like a club. We weren't we weren't really looking for the club <laughs> energy, but you know you got to go check it out and. It's fun. Yeah. If you're, if you're trying to get like bottle service and all that kind of stuff, that's that's where you go. Yeah. I mean, apparently it's very hot there because there's very minimal clothing. So, yeah, you know, the, the weather is intolerable. I don't know about y'all, but I, I mean, there are very few benefits to being female. And one of them is that I have never paid for bottle service. I don't believe in paying for bottle service, but isn't it nice when it shows up? It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> it is nice. That is one of the many perks. Cool. Well, let's let's edit there. Um, Tom, Olivia, thank you so much. Yes. Happy course. October, everybody. Um, as always, if you have recommendations for us, if you've got an opening, if you have something that you want to promote on this show, we're more than happy to give it a shout out. Just go to kitcaster.com forward slash Denver. There's a little form right there. Um, and we'll give you a shout out on the air. I appreciate everybody who's subscribing. The show is growing exponentially, which is really cool to see. Um, and that's a wrap. Shout out to our sponsor, GoWildcast.com. You're a podcaster. Go there and get paid if you're looking for uh, amazing audiences to advertise in your B2B company or your SaaS product. Um, GoWildcast.com. That's a wrap. Bye, everybody.